Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast during the season of Epiphany. Do please leave a comment or a like, it's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist this morning. We're keeping today as Epiphany Sunday, 
the time when we remember the visit of the wise men to the infant Jesus. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of God has dawned upon the world through our Saviour Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself for us to purify a people as his own. Let us confess our sins. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, Forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
O God, who by the leading of a star manifested your only Son to the peoples of the earth, mercifully grant that we, who know you now by faith, may at last behold your glory face to face, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about, and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from far, and your daughters shall be carried in the arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Afar, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense, and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, how the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose which he has realised in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confidence of access through our faith in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, They departed to their own country by another way. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. The birth of a new baby is, in most normal circumstances, a cause for great rejoicing and often the occasion for a flurry of gift-giving from delighted and well-wishing family members and friends. I well remember the avalanche of baby grows and teddy bears that accompanied the births of my own two daughters. But of course, sometimes the gifts that are given can be chosen for their symbolic significance rather than their practical usefulness. And so it was with my own offspring. After the birth of each of them, a mysterious parcel arrived through the post. Inside was a small box. This is one of them. I still have it which bears the name of a rather exclusive jewellers in Oxford. Payne and Son, Goldsmiths, Oxford, established 1790. There was no card or letter accompanying it. Indeed, at first sight, there was no indication at all of who on earth it was from, until one opened the box and found inside one of the jewellers' own compliment slips that bore the message, sent on the instructions of Miss Livingstone. Now, at this point, you may be asking yourself, 
Who on earth is Miss Livingstone? I have a visual clue here, but it's rather heavy because Miss Livingstone was largely responsible for this. She was for many years the editor of the Oxford Dictionary of the Christian Church and a great and mighty work of scholarship it certainly is. Sadly, Betsy Livingstone passed away almost exactly a year ago on New Year's Day 2023 at the age of 93. But she will forever remain in my memory as one of the most formidable elderly ladies I've ever come across. She could be truly terrifying. And what was in the box that she sent to each of my children? Initially, I was completely taken aback because each box contained a solid silver spoon bearing the child's initials. That one says OJJ on it. I found it fascinating to be the recipient of such a classy, but in its own way, rather austere and unsentimental gift, given slightly at arm's length, sent on the instructions of Miss Livingstone. But at the same time, I found it really very touching that a person as austere and reserved as Miss Livingstone should have been moved to make what was actually a very kind and thoughtful and generous gift, and a gift that was of such symbolic significance, representing as it does, the hope of future prosperity for each child. But the nature of the gift and what it represented also said a considerable amount about the person who gave it. This is of course very often the case. Gifts can say a great deal about the individual giver. They can reveal quite a lot about the quality and the depth and the substance of the relationship that we have with that person and how well we really know, or know, know them or understand them. Does the gift strike the right balance in terms of its implied level of intimacy or indeed lack of it? Is it an item that is actually wanted or needed by the recipient? Or is it something that the giver believes that the recipient ought to want whether or not they actually do. And indeed, how much does it matter to the giver to try to get the gift right in the first place? Do they really care about it that much? All of this, of course, can have very little to do with the material value of the gift in question. Some of the most precious gifts that I've ever received during my own lifetime have been worth next to nothing in crude financial terms, and yet they meant everything. Sometimes these are gifts that had been made by the giver and one knew that it was a gift of love manifested in the time and effort that had gone into the making of it. And that was the thing that ultimately mattered so very much. The Feast of Epiphany, which when we celebrate the visit of the wise men, the Magi, to the infant Jesus, is properly regarded as one of the most significant festivals of the Christian year. Indeed, in some Christian traditions, it overshadows Christmas. Because the Epiphany story, which we heard as our Gospel reading a moment ago, is packed with significant themes and motifs. First, unlike the shepherds who, according to St Luke, were guided to the birth of the Messiah by an angel, St Matthew tells us that the wise men, astrologers from the East, have seen that birth written in the stars and in the very fabric of creation, 
which leaves us in no doubt that this child will be far more than just another powerful earthly ruler. In similar vein, the death of Christ at Calvary will be marked by earthquakes and the sudden descent of darkness over all the earth as the whole of creation is shaken and overcome with grief. Second, the wise men are foreigners, outsiders, Gentiles, those whom one might have thought had no business being party to this revelation of the God of Israel. And yet it is they, the foreigners, the outsiders, who see the signs and undergo the risk and challenge of an arduous and dangerous journey to witness this mind-blowing event, an event that remains completely unseen by, by the very people in whose midst the miracle has occurred, the people of Israel, the people whom he came to save. Similarly, I'm often struck by the fact that it's sometimes those who are outside the Christian fold who can see most clearly the importance of the Christian revelation, whilst those of us who simply grown up with it can sometimes fail to appreciate its true mind-blowing power, even when that is staring us in the face. And there's the glorious incongruity of the setting. These exotic foreigners are searching for a king whom they find in the most unlikely of settings imaginable, an animal shed. And finally, there are the gifts themselves, gold and frankincense and myrrh. From earliest times, Christian tradition invested each of them with a particular significance. The gift of gold symbolizing Christ's kingship, Frankincense, which is associated with worship, pointing to Christ's divinity, or, as it's sometimes expressed, his priesthood. And most strange of all, myrrh, a resin that was used to make perfumes and ointments, which was said to point forward to the anointing of Christ's body in death. In the words of the carol we shall be singing shortly, Myrrh is mine, its bitter perfume breathes a life of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in a stone-cold tomb. As I said earlier, a gift can sometimes be very revealing of the person who gives it. But gifts also can have the power to change both people and relationships because the kind of generosity of heart that enables us to give in a meaningful and liberated way brings with it other and deeper rewards. That's why in a faith context, I tend to avoid the phrase sacrificial giving, preferring instead liberated giving. There's a wonderful epiphany poem by one of my all-time favorite modern poets, Elizabeth Jennings, entitled Words for the Magi. She portrays the three powerful strangers who visit the Christ child, describing their intention to bestow upon him gifts of wisdom, power, glory, peace, and riches. But in the process, their very exposure to the infant Messiah transforms their own hearts, bringing them innocence, wonder, insight and the realization that what will ultimately characterize the life of this miraculous child, the child who lies before them, is suffering. Shall I bring you wisdom, 
Shall I bring you power? The first great stranger said to the child. Then he noticed something he'd never felt before, a wish in himself to be innocent and mild. Shall I bring you glory? Shall I bring you peace? The second great stranger said when he saw the star shine down on entire helplessness. The gift he offered was his sense of awe. Shall I bring you riches? The third one began, then stopped in terror because he had seen a God grown up and a tired, tempted man. Suffering's my gift he said. That is what I mean. There can be risks involved in the most significant acts of gift-giving. The risk that one's gift will be rejected or unappreciated or misinterpreted or deemed inappropriate, which can leave us feeling wounded or exposed, which is why the most significant gift that we can ever give, whether to one another or to God is also the most risky because it is the gift of our heart. But that is also the one gift, the only gift that ultimately truly matters. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Christ. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets, we believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. God of wonder and of light, by the guiding of a star the wise men came to worship your Son. May your church be a beacon to draw all people to kneel at your presence. Give grace to all who serve your name to proclaim your praise. Lord, 
in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of power and might, news of your Christ child's birth filled Herod with fear. Transform the hearts of all in political office to serve your kingdom with joy. With the offering of gold, we place before you all our power and aspiration. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of mystery and wisdom, in your Son you make known the purpose of your love. Bless our homes and those with whom we share joy and laughter, pains and sorrows. United in a common humanity, may we come to share the promises of Christ. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of healing and restoration, with myrrh we seek your anointing presence on all who suffer. May our hearts thrill and rejoice in you. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of glory, your radiance fills the heavens and our prayers rise to you like incense. Hear us as we remember before you those who have died in faith and fear. May we all come to see the dawning light of your rising glory. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Saviour Christ is the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there shall be no end. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because in the incarnation of the Word, a new light has dawned upon the world that all the nations may be brought out of darkness to see the radiance of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his commands, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, 
but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Let us pray. Lord God, the bright splendour whom the nations seek, may we who with the wise men have been drawn by your light discern the glory of your presence in your Son, the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
Christ, the Son of God, perfect in you the image of his glory and gladden your hearts with the good news of his kingdom and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.